dun 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 two piece mission impossible let's go dun 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 Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, two peas on a podcast in the house. Gerald here with you, my boy Nick on the other side. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 tonight. Dead. Not dead alive ass. reckoning. Dead. Yes. Dead, dead reckoning. <laughs> it's a part one, which will probably come up a little bit in our review, but that's the movie we'll be covering this week. Nick, how are you, man? How's everything I'm, going down there in New York or up there in New York? Are you say. mad? Are you mad that this is a part one? Now, this one told you it was a part one. It wasn't like Spider-Verse. This one told Hold you that. it was a part one. Hold that thought. Oh, jeez. Now, I knew Spider-Verse was a part one in, jeez. in my defense. God. Or I should say that I knew Across was a part two. But anyway, same concept. But hold that because that's going to play into my ranking in my review a little bit with this movie so uh it did not mess with me as you say uh well how's life man you're good everything's good new I'm, york i'm treating I'm, you well i'm wonderful i'm busy as yeah. ever uh just you know trying to trying to work on nikolai's kitchen stuff new nikolai's kitchen coming this week i saw you super super cooking. excited yeah, some live cooking stuff. I've been doing. I've been back hungry. to live cooking Friday night yeah. food streams. I've been back to that on Twitch over at Nikolai's Kitchen. I, like I said, uh, Nikolai's Kitchen episodes are coming back. I did a guest spot on So Wizard. I heard. They, uh, the <laughs> I ranch heard. soda. You remember Joey like drowned his body in ranch soda yeah. and vomited everywhere for an hour. And yeah, I heard it. I got to go on So Wizard and review a Neil Breen movie called Fateful Findings, which is the 100 yeah. of the greatest minutes you'll ever spend watching a film yeah. of all time. I don't know how poor Tom Cruise is gonna is gonna compare to Neil Breen Ooh. here. We'll we'll see where the score ends up tonight, but tall order, know. man. But I heard about half good. of that episode. I was listening to my car and had that nice little talk about past lives at the top with So Wizard. We had just yep. covered it on our show. So yep. yeah, that was cool. I, I love those those guys. It was great to hear you on the show there. So that was just really thank cool. you everyone, by the way, for the for the for the for the kindness for the past lives review as well. Really, yeah. really enjoyed that one. That was great a great feedback. discussion, and yeah. it was a, it was a great uh, it was a great film to film to check out. I'm still thinking about it, G. Still thinking not, about it. Like that's me that's too. How good that movie is. You know what's kind of sad though is it's not playing here anymore. It's already yeah. gone from like I, the it, AMC and stuff. It might be it might be gone here. I'm not sure. I haven't checked. Yeah, I was like kind of bummed because my wife wants to see it now. She's like, oh, I want to go see it, and it's not playing anywhere. So we're gonna have to probably wait for it to start streaming, but. From Past Lives to Mission Impossible, we're kind of shifting gears here a little bit this week. But at the top of the show, Nicholas, we start with one big question. One. So we bring a question that can be somewhat related to the movie or the universe and tangentially, however you want to phrase it. But whatever you want to ask me, whatever I want to ask you, and that's kind of how we get started uh, each week. So I have my one big question, which is related to Mission Impossible Ooh, tangentially. I'm and ready. I had this question in the bank before i even knew this was going to be a segment i've been kind of wanting to ask you about this when we talked about this movie i'm ready do you want me to ask you first i don't remember what we did last week i think i <laughs> went first last week but do you want me to go first we, I don't we know. asked each other questions last week gerald that's how it works that's, that's the name of the segment that's how the <laughs> segment this works. segment 
We had this segment last That's week. One big question. Now that was you already asked me a question about how the segment works. So now you're done. Now I get to go. Right. That's is the that, question. Is that how that works? <laughs> that was the question? Yeah. <laughs> so here's my one big question for you, Nick. Is there anyone that you can think of, and I'm talking about in the history of film, hmm? at least theatrically, is there anyone more important to the action genre as an actor? than Tom Cruise. Wow, that's tough, man. That is tough stuff. Tom Cruise. That's tough sledding, man. Because, I mean, you think about the stuff that, like, Arnie did in the 80s and yeah, 90s and Stallone and all sure. those action guys and, and everything. I mean, wow. Wow. I Man, it, this, this movie is kind of... you're on the spot built on the shoulders of of those kind of old school like 80s and 90s action films i'm gonna say no i'm gonna i'm, I'm still gonna give that one to arnie just by the very slight edge i mean ob- obviously modern sense modern yeah. sense like arnie's not the big budget blockbuster action dude that he was you know 30 40 years ago but you know yeah i mean true lies one of my favorite films of all time like terminator sure. t2 like all those like arnie movies that he did like back during the 80s and 90s i mean that was that was like the 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 foundation upon which modern action cinema was built frankly so yeah. i still gotta get i still gotta hand that that one that one to arnie but yeah modern sensibility nobody's touching tc nobody i'm sorry wayne wayne t to the c sorry <laughs> He did the same. Sorry, I kind of, I kind of am in agreement with you. I think Arnold is probably the one person that would kind of get in the way of that being a yes, you know. Yeah. But it's really close, man. I if mean, if Arnie's career didn't exist, then I'm then I'm going to buy that argument for T to the C. But uh, yeah, yeah. But I think he's a pretty solid runner up, though. I mean, there's you know, like you mentioned Stallone, and I mean, even The Rock in the last you know 15 years or so has done some really great stuff stuff in the action realm, but. And there's just something about Tom Cruise that not only is he kicking ass in these action movies, but he's like bringing people out to the cinema. He's a big champion for cinema. Like he's just really important. I feel like uh, for like the summer blockbuster and the action movie, he's just, I got the right answer figure. I got it. I got the right answer. You ready? All right, Dan, Dan, just for you, Vin Diesel. (laughs) For Dan and for Brad. Audio listeners, Gerald just literally deflated. If you've ever seen a human being uh, deflate, that's that's what that looked like. Vin Diesel. Mom's best works as group. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got one big question for me, Nick. You did good there, by the way. I agree with you, Arnold. I love it. Go ahead. I came out of the theater instantaneously thought of this because one of the things that all of these Mission Impossible films have in common, one of the tropes of Mission Impossible, even going back to the TV series, is the mask. Like you're wearing a mask and you're 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 dressed up as somebody else. And it's like literally the perfect likeness, you know. So if you one person, one person that you could wear the Mission Impossible mask. You could take that person. I mean, obviously, that comes with like the voice changer and everything. One person, one mask. Whose would you wear? Whose mask would you wear? In any era, like past, present, whoever you like, want, man. Whoever you want. It's 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 all you, man. Whoever you want. That's a tough one. This is for like a day or whatever. You just get to be this well, person whatever, for a day. Whatever. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't define any parameters outside of that. You could, if you, if you don't, if you don't wow. mess up the mask and get it all dingy and filthy, you could probably ride it for a little while. Who knows? Up to you. I, I mean, I keep thinking in my mind. I keep going to Brad Pitt. I think 
Let's see, I thought you were going to say Brad Hargis, and I was like, that's a nah, big pull, man. Know, nah, that's a big that pull. <laughs> I could actually be Brad Hargis. Just put on one of those like golfer hats, and I'm basically him right now. That is, so. that is, that is true. So, uh, that's no, scary. I, th- I think – I think Pitt, man. I don't know whether he was on a making a movie. He's on a set, or I don't. I just feel like he's a fun dude. He's just so cool, and like just to be in that world, man. Just for a couple hours would be kind of crazy. That's the one that's coming right off the top of my head. Just as him, just to walk around and and just to you know have people come up to you and talk to you and all these different things. Yeah. Just you know, just to kind of experience like life and life in Pitt shoes. Yeah, just talk to the ladies, of course. Hey, I'm Brad Pitt. How are you? <laughs> His first, his first act in uh, in Brad Pitt's body with the with the thing oh, is going to be like, man. can I get Taylor Swift's phone number? Can somebody yeah. can tell her tell her Brad Pitt wants to talk to her? Yeah, can you get me into backstage at the Taylor Show? Uh, I'm Brad Pitt. Yeah, Make tell her happen. Brad Pitt wants to see her right away. I don't know. Do you have an answer for that for your question? God, I didn't even think of an answer for it. Honestly, I I yeah. really I like your answer though because I like like not trying to do anything nefarious or anything like that, but just, just wanting to see what it's like to walk like around in that world to like, see what it's like in that world maybe. And then, yeah, know. you know, you could really like, if it gets overwhelming for you or whatever, you could just, you could just take it off and you could walk away. You take know, it it's, it's, it's really, it's really, really interesting, man. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't really think of an answer for it. That's a, that's, I was that's, thinking, I was yeah. thinking, I just, Kept thinking Brad Pitt, George Clooney would be another one, you know. Just these guys are just like cool when they're out there, you know. They're in the they're in the living the life out there, you know. Yeah, I don't. It would have to be somebody where I could experience or do something that I otherwise would never ever get to do. That would be the main parameter. It'd have to be something that I'd never ever get an opportunity to do otherwise. Like I don't know, maybe Bill Gates, and then I would just like you know just like go to the atm and be like what i'm bill gates just spit money out of me (laughs) it comes with the knowledge of his pin number you know yeah (laughs) comes with everything listen if i got the tech to make the mask i got the tech to hack bill gates's bank accounts of course hell yeah please all right man so good good big question there for both of us that was our one big question segment this week and it's time to proper get into the review for Mission dun, Impossible dun, 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 7 dun, Dead dun, Reckoning dun. Part 1. Holy Lord, what a title. And we start each review with our I'm rating ready. out of 10 I'm ready. at the top. And then we discuss Oop. ready, set, go. Boom. 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. That's because it's a Part 1, isn't it? I did a 9. I did a 9 out of 10. So once again... Nick is better than Gerald. Once again, we we've we've proven the three films in a row now. That's going to force me to do math, though. So, what does that make our cumulative eight point five? Seventeen out of twenty, Gerald. So it's like eight and a half. <laughs> That's going to make oh, me do God. math. They're one point off. No. So eight and a half out of ten from the piece. But yeah, an eight from me, a nine from you. Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, uh, Nick. So. Well, let's let's address the elephant in the room with the part one thing because you brought it up a few times already. I got it. I got it. Well, I I know you're kind of digging at me a little bit, which is cool. But I think one of the reasons that I did rate this an eight is because that did not bother me. It's in the title. So going into the movie, I was kind of like, it's going to be exposition. It's going to be setting up the story, which, of course, it does. So I was like worried that the action was going to kind of be lacking a little bit in my head. I was kind of thinking that (laughs) I was thinking like 
maybe we saw the best action stuff in the trailer because we're going to have to set up this whole dead reckoning story or what anyway i was just kind of had this pre you know notions that didn't end up being true by the way but when i started to kind of see that that was not going to be the case and also you know i hate long movies nick so i know not only is this a part one this is also what was it like 240 or something like that i think it was a while right it was pushing up on the three hour mark for sure Uh, 163 minutes so wow. What is that? Yeah. Again, I don't know math. So I feel like that's 243, though. Didn't feel like so, it. Yeah, no, it didn't. So I think, I mean, you rated it higher than I did. So I want to hear your uh, general thoughts before we get into spoilers. But my general thoughts are it, I was surprised that the part one and the runtime really did not hinder this movie virtually at all for me. And going into it, I was worried that those two things were going to really bring it down for me. So I love when a movie turns the tables on me and kind of surprises me, which this one did. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm surprised that this surprised you because fallout was so good. Yeah. And I know you love fallout. I do. So I'm surprised that you were surprised that like by loving this movie as much as you did or by enjoying this movie as much as you did. Cause I walked into this thing. My expectations were legitimately sky high, like up on yeah. top of a mountain, ready to jump off like Tom Cruise in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I like, if you've never seen the whole, like there's a whole YouTube video that like, you have, they released about like the setup and prep and everything like that for that stuff. Right, right. Behind the scenes or whatever. It's yeah. amazing that that's so well done and so well filmed. And just because you know, it's Tom Cruise really riding off that cliff and jumping off that motorcycle, even though you've seen the making of, and even though you've seen all that kind of stuff, like the hair still stand up on the back of your neck because it's oh, still yeah. such an amazing stunt to watch. It's still, yeah. it's still like really, really great. So I had sky high expectations for this film. I went into them and I, I, I'm not familiar. I saw Rogue Nation, but I haven't seen any of the other Mission Impossible films. Maybe the first one ages ago when it first came out. Did you see Ghost Protocol with nope. him in Dubai or whatever? That was nope. probably my that might be my second favorite to fall out. I really yeah. like that one, too. I haven't seen any of the other ones. It, it is my mission now to go back and I never hey, get a hey, chance I see to see what you did there <laughs> if I choose to accept it. So. Yes. I had sky high expectations and I I wondered if this film could meet them. And if I had one word to describe this movie, Gerald, one word and one word only relentless. This film does not let up. It doesn't let you. And that's why 240 doesn't really feel like that long of a movie because the pace is ratcheted up to 11. Literally the whole time the the film is moving forward so quickly, so constantly. Pacing is great. It's 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 absolutely excellent and it just does not stop throwing these insane action set pieces this insane stunt oh, choreography man. all these amazing amazing sequences at you over and over and over again Gerald our first quote unquote official episode that we like released released and actually did was the flash right. isn't the flash embarrassed to be released in the same summer as Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning part it 1 be. because Holy cow, like the, the the absolutely incredible action choreography, so much practical effects work done, practical stunt work done. Maybe it's just a yearning for this because we've been drowned in so much CGI noise from these comic book movies. But God, this movie's a breath of fresh air as far yeah. as, as an action film goes. I think of John Wick 4 that we got earlier this year, also insanely brilliant stunt choreography the yeah. whole way through that film. 
I just it's it's phenomenal. It's unbelievable. And this is and this is only the first half of basically like a two like a five hour movie. What right. are they going to do in part two that's going to top everything that they did in this? How are they going to touch this, G? I mean, they're going they're going to. You know they're going to. Tom how, Cruise I, is a crazy bastard. Is, I don't I know mean, how. I saw these interviews that they did. You were talking about behind the scenes stuff or whatever. And uh, Tom Cruise was like, I want to drive a motorcycle off a cliff. And McCory's like, okay, well, I want to wreck it. I want to do a train wreck. And they're just like going back and forth, all this crazy shit, you know, and then they made it happen to tremendous effect. I felt like in this movie, as you've already alluded to, but one thing I want to say too, and this came up in our fan feedback that we'll get into later. I don't know if this question got picked, but just generally speaking, it's going to inherently be compared to a movie like John Wick four. Cause it's the same, you know, kind of season of films and the action yeah, yeah, 2023 yeah. or whatever. And I think what kind of sets this a little bit apart from John Wick, really any of them, but definitely John Wick four this year is the acting in this movie. I thought was really, really good too. Yeah. Not to take anything 100%. away from John Wick four, but I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like that movie really stands on its stunts and its production design and its set pieces. Whereas this movie has all that, but then it has these really tremendous performances. Like, you know, Ethan Hunt really is connected to his team and, he kind of has that emotional attachment to a lot of the characters. And I felt like the performances really kind of play to that. And then some of the new newcomers we had, like Haley Atwell, for example, uh, Palm Clemente, who was a standout for me in this movie. She was oh, probably my favorite part of this my film. My goodness. Uh, so, so good. I love Vanessa Kirby in the movie. I mean, really all the women in this film are totally kick-ass in this movie. Uh, they really carried this film, them and Tom Cruise's insanity jumping off the cliffs <laughs> carried this film. But you know what I mean? I just feel like there was a dedication to, the acting too, and not to kind of make that a, a forethought. It was all, it was all also kind of front of mind for for these actors. I felt like in this movie, it, you had the best of both worlds there. There was a dedication, and, and I mean, this is this is the movie that, like, you know, they filmed like right after stuff was opening back up after COVID. This is the movie we all heard like the rant that Tom Cruise went on, where he wanted people to mask up so they could make these movies, so people's like people that work in the industry could get their mortgages paid and and all these different things. And it's interesting to talk about all that and like you know because now SAG AFTRA is on strike and everything like that. But it's a love letter to movie making in general, like, like really everybody is dialed it up to 11 for this thing. All the performances are absolutely fantastic. Like you said, all the action, the stunt choreography, all the amazing action set pieces are so, so good. I, like I said, it's, it's, it's so relentlessly paced and, and it moves by so beautifully, so quickly, so amazingly. I mean, I, I'm going to yeah. struggle like really, really hard. And I, I, I don't know if you've got anything that, that really stood out to you as a dislike or anything for this movie, but I'm going to struggle really, well, really hard to think of anything that I didn't like about it. All right. Well, let's get into the spoiler talk. Let's just kind of talk about the movie willy nilly, if you will. So going forward, guys, if you have not seen the new Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, skip ahead or come back after you see it, because going forward, the rest of the episode will be spoilery. So Tom Cruise jumps off a cliff. Let's Sorry. get into it. <laughs> Tom Cruise Sorry, I didn't rides a bike off the cliff. Sorry. Ooh, geez. It's mm. on all the posters, trailers, but we apologize mm. for being the ones to tell you that. Oh, boy. So when it comes to dislikes, I know you gave it a 9 out of 10. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I don't know. I feel like dislike might be a little bit too strong of a word because I don't think there was anything I really disliked in this movie. I, I did want to ask you, though, 
how did it sit with you, the kind of AI villain entity kind of deal that was, you know, our main big bad, if you will, in this movie? Did that, did you kind of buy that? Or is, I feel like that was kind of resonant with what's going on in, in the world right now, honestly. I mean, you had S.I. Morales, who was basically like the kind of human antagonist, the villain of the piece, who's fantastic so yeah. menacing so chilling always one step ahead i really really love that it still really emphasizes the usage of the entity kind of as a tool uh, and and things like that so i i i really really liked that but i mean i never thought of it like as in the entity was the only villain of the piece or anything like that because again you had si morales who was really really great palm clementief who is also really just unbelievably so good, good man. in the in, in this so movie good. I mean, you know, it's it's is it relevant? Sure, you know, it's definitely relevant. It's definitely in terms of AI. I think that's a big conversation, and that's a big question to ask about AI. Is like using it properly, using it, you know, for the benefit of mankind versus weaponizing it. You know, which is basically what they want to do. Like governments and all these intelligence agencies, and everybody's basically racing to try to get to this thing first because they all want to weaponize it. Well, for me, I had to take at least a point off for my girl, Rebecca Ferguson, and the fate of her character, Ilsa, in this movie. They get reunited. You know, he finds her out there, and they get they get reunited. She rejoins the team. I love Rebecca Ferguson in general as an actress. I love her in this series of films. And we lose her. She yeah. dies in this movie. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of the major characters that dies in the film uh, I, I just wish that hadn't happened. I feel like that did not have to happen. I feel like somebody else could have passed or whatever. I just didn't want to see Ilsa. So that kind of hurt me a little bit. I, I didn't want her character to, to go away. It was supposed to affect you emotionally because, you know, obviously then, she's been around for a while. She's attached to or like the audience is attached to her. Ethan's character right. is attached to her. Well, Ethan, yeah, Tom Cruise's character is attached to her. So, yeah, it's supposed to hurt you, G. That's It's called it's emotionally emotional. responding to the film. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, you're right. I just, we're talking about dislikes. And I just disliked it, but you're mm. right. I mean, it did make me feel the way I was essentially supposed to feel. And then I also love Vanessa Kirby as an actress as well. And I love seeing her as kind of this, like almost like sympathetic villain in this movie. And I thought she was somewhat underused. Like, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, she kind of didn't have as much screen presence as I kind of thought she was going to have from the trailers and stuff like that. And her just kind of electricity that she has anyway. So I felt like her character of Alana was somewhat underused. And then when we get a lot of her on the train, you know, it's really essentially Haley Atwell wearing her mask. Of course, we know, you know, it's Vanessa Kirby doing the acting, which was right, phenomenal right. as well. But I don't know. I just that Alana character was could have been a little more prominent and a little more kind of mischievous than she was. I felt like she was just kind of there, which disappointed me a little bit because I love her so, so much. But those little things, the scene at the airport kind of drug on a little <laughs> like a, like where the hell is airport security? Like what's going on here? <laughs> like it just kind of it was just mayhem <laughs> for like a long time. <laughs> and I feel like that's not good for TSA or whatever. So. I don't know, there was just a little nip and tuck that could have happened here and there. But I mean, those are very, very small things. Uh, it's obvious that that we both love the film. What was your favorite uh, action sequence? What did you enjoy the most from an action perspective? 
the 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 alley the alley fight with Bob Clementiev, okay. T of the C, and I'm not sure who the other who the other. I think it was just kind of not anybody really as important uh, in, in that sequence. But uh, like, how wonderful! I mean, we've, we've all seen we've all seen the amazing like super action choreography, T to the C jumping off the cliff. You know, and, and and all the like super big, expensive, big budget set pieces like the train, the whole train, like literally all that and even the airport and that kind of stuff. But this was a fight in a Venice alleyway that literally was as wide as a person. Yeah. And the fact that they got that in there, they made it feel claustrophobic in the way that trying to fight in that space really, really would feel like some filmmakers like would have built. I, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that Christopher McQuarrie probably shot it in like a real actual alleyway like that. How they actually probably. pulled that off or whatever, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it makes it feel so claustrophobic. Palm Clementief is unbelievable like how so good, great man. of a performance does she give because she really doesn't speak at all until the very end of the film that's right yep. like it's all of a very just visual performance it's all just based on like visual cues her expressiveness so menacing such an absolutely incredible just badass character and so different from what we know her as which is really mantis from the guardians films which i know you're a huge fan of <sighs> but she's great in those but so she's good, different, yeah. like she's kind of like slapstick comedic in those movies. And in this one, like you said, she's very menacing, very kind of mysterious. You know, yeah. like you said, she had virtually no dialogue. Yeah. It, just amazing the way that that the way that that whole sequence played together. And, you know, I, I, I like I like a film taking the time to kind of relish in an action set piece for a little while, because that's intercut with Rebecca Ferguson's character. You know, fighting, fighting against Osai Morales. Mm-hmm. That, like, that's intercut with that. But, like, the film doesn't just kind of quickly push you through it. Quick cut, 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 cut. Like some of those modern action films do. And shove you on from it. It takes the time to really, really just show the battle, the struggle that Ethan is going through in that alleyway. Like, it seems like, I mean, really, you've got two people at the ends of this impossibly narrow alleyway. Like, how on earth are you going to get out of that situation? just phenomenal like the tension in this movie is 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 like edge of your seat kind of stuff literally like you're it's tom cruise it's t to the c you know he's gonna be okay you know there's a part two coming but even still even in these scenes you manage to feel that tension and that's just genius filmmaking by christopher mcquarrie you know that that's just it takes a a a very skilled hand to 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 ratchet up tension in a scene especially in a scene where you know that Cruz is going to make it out. You know that Cruz is going to be okay, like somewhere right. subliminally. But what a what a what a what a fantastic scene! I think just because I, I loved agree. it because it was so much lower tech than all the other like big budget huge action set pieces. I think that's why it resonated with me just a little bit more. Not to take anything away from those because they're still incredible. I yeah I think I mean I'm gonna have to say the train sequence, the last like half hour or whatever. I mean it was just one thing on top of another, no pun intended of different calamities that they found themselves in and different characters were kind of like central focus. And of course that was also when we got Cruz doing his thing off the cliff. That's been, you know, that we've seen a hundred times or in the trailers and footage, but he wasn't on the train in the beginning. You know, there was a lot of really cool stuff happening on the train before he even showed up on the train. Uh, And that's when we got a lot of our, other characters kind of focal point like Haley Atwell really shined on the, in that train sequence a little bit. Yep. And she got, she got a part where she's wearing the mask of Vanessa Kirby, but also as herself too. And she got to kind of be that second hero. And then it comes to a point where she's accepting, you know, the mission to, 
to be part of the team. And uh, I really, really hope that we get to continue to see her because I thought she was an amazing addition to this. And I thought it was pretty flawlessly like they introduced her pretty flawlessly, you know, at the airport. Yeah. She's obviously super charismatic and we're just kind of drawn to her inherently anyway from her yeah. other work and just how you know charismatic that she is in general. And Tom Cruise and her, I thought, had great chemistry. I love the, the chase scene. Oh, yeah. The little Fiat, dude. Yeah. The comedic timing was great so with that, good. I thought. Yeah, that was that yeah. was a hilarious scene. It was, I mean, it again, really was. Mission Impossible always does great car chases. That was uh, easily another example. And then, like, the great thing about it, too, is the way that they did, like, the, the way that they shot around that because their opposite hands were handcuffed. So, like, at first she was driving. Well, that was before they got the Fiat. But, like, at first she's driving and then she has him drive. But, like, right. their opposite hands are handcuffed. So, like, he's got to, like, reach over with his other hand, like, handcuffed to her hand. Like, it was, like, it was really, really interesting, an interesting way to shoot that. Because, like, you could have easily just been, like, no, they handcuffed these hands just to make it easier or, or whatever. But I think they just wanted the challenge of trying to make it. And, of course, I'm, I'm you know that they drove those cars around for real and at least some of those scenes so i know it was probably more like i bet you anything tom cruise was just like but what if our other hands were handcuffed instead? i know yeah some crazy <laughs> shit you know obviously we get simon Pegg and ving rames back as part of the team yep. too uh, yep. really really good supporting characters in this whole franchise i mean they really are a one-two punch that i feel like i, I mean i i'm gonna say they're one of the better like duos in action yeah. movies i mean the yeah. two of them i mean they're just so, so good playing off each other and you can tell that you know their mission you know quote unquote is really to protect ethan and to protect the mission you know that's yeah. what they're about but they do it in such this like light-hearted funny way especially simon Pegg. i mean the dude's freaking hilarious and everything yeah. he's in and this is no exception but i loved having them back here I, I don't know, man. I mean, what was who? What was I mean? Take Tom Cruise out of the picture. We're, we won't talk about Ethan. Aside from Ethan, like, what character in this movie were you most like? This is my shit. This is my. This is my person. This is my standout. Uh, probably, like I said, Palm Clementief was, was incredible. Too. I mean, like I said, no dialogue. Like she is literally just like has absolutely no dialogue until the very end of the movie. Or maybe she says like a couple things, like one or two things here or there. Like, dude, she's driving that like that's the great thing, too, is like they're driving this little Fiat and she's driving what? Like this giant like battle Hummer or whatever yep. that thing was. That yep. thing was that thing was absolutely incredible. And like she she's like 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 a tank commander driving this thing. Like she she really feels like she belongs in and is commanding every 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 bit of that vehicle and like i said that alleyway fight and, and just yeah. everything else that she does in this movie she is god she's good god, she is just so 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 good i can't wait to see what else she's gonna do from here and she was know. the standout for me too i i, yeah. I mean i i was kind of hoping that's where you were gonna stay because I mean, it would be her and it would be probably Haley Atwell from like a performance standpoint. Hell yeah, I mean, what was great. She yeah, really was. But I mean, yeah, Palm Clementif is just, I mean, it was unbelievable, man. She really sold that kind of like where she was like, she's definitely a thief and she's definitely in like that criminal world, but she's not anywhere near the level of this stuff. And she kind of sells that naivete really, really well of she's in way over her head and like she thinks she can take care of herself. She thinks she's got the skills to kind of take care of herself, but it turns out she really doesn't. 
and you know tita the sea has got to swoop in and, and and save her and and all these things i thought she played all that stuff really really well yeah i don't have it in front of me i apologize but it was much like the um asian actress in john wick chapter four stole the show for me it was uh what you call it's daughter you know i'm talking about the Ooh, hotel yeah yeah, yeah 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 the concierge of uh yeah yeah what, whichever i can't remember where that hotel was now but you know what i'm talking about but yeah, she know, um know, yeah she was badass in the action sequences in that movie too and it mm-hmm. kind of remi- it was reminiscent of that a little bit in this movie i thought palm clemency was but yeah. yeah she was a standout for me like i said i freaking am a fanboy of vanessa kirby so i wish they had used her a little bit more it, you know she was just kind of an afterthought unfortunately even though i did really love seeing her pop up here but yeah it's got to be I mean, Palm Clementif has got to be the standout for me, too. So I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, and her and her and like I said, S.I. Morales as as Gabriel is he he oozes menace like he is just a, a, a deliciously evil, menacing dude like you believe you, like you believe yeah. like that he's a threat the whole way through this movie. Like you yeah. believe him as a credible threat, like literally from from the word jump. You really do. I love how Gabriel would be like, you know, he w- he wasn't worried about the outcome because no. he already knew he already knew like yeah. what the entity had prophesized, you know. So yeah. he was just like, well, this is what's going to happen. You're going to die tomorrow, <laughs> like you know, it's a big deal, you know. What yeah. I mean, and it was very kind of like eerie that he was so confident in his kind of villainy, villainy yeah. or whatever you call it. It's like it's 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 great that like you know when the whole thing with the key because the whole MacGuffin in this film is a key that is separated into two halves. That you have to, you know, put together to be able to access, like, I guess that's wherever the entity source code or whatever is. We'll find out in part two, because the whole quest of this movie is basically A, to assemble the key, but B, they're also trying to figure out what it unlocks because nobody knows. Right. Like, nobody knows what it actually unlocks, and that's kind of what they're trying to figure out is all that. How'd you, what do you think of the opening, like the opening action sequence, by the way, on the Russian sub or whatever? I thought it was cool. I, th- yeah. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was, you know, really well done, and it was. Uh, it wasn't super predictable. Like I didn't know their own, you know, torpedo was going to end up hitting them or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of cool the way it climaxed there and yeah. cut cut to the title cards. But yeah, I'll make a statement and then you can play off of it. But I think what was cool about this movie, which has not always been the case with the Mission Impossible films, and I don't really remember the TV show all too well, so I don't. I can't really speak on that, but. In the movies, th- I think this one did a nice job of keeping it simple. Like it was kind of like that opening sequence. And then we have the really cool sequence in the CIA office or whatever it was. Yeah, that was where cool. Cruz comes in with the mask and he's yeah, listening to the whole cool. meeting or with Carrie Elways or whatever. That was cool. Yeah. So those two scenes kind of set up our exposition that we need to know about the key and all that stuff. And then, so if you're there for that first half hour, you kind of know what the deal is. Yeah. And it's, and from there, it's just basically action, some dialogue, you know, here and there, but generally it's not a lot of exposition after that opening, which I thought was really impressive because like we already said, this is a part one. So that was really impressive that they kind of got that out of the way and like I said, that's not always the case with the MI films. Sometimes they can be a little convoluted and a little confusing, if you will, in terms of plot. Uh, but I didn't think this one was. With, with, the, with the other two, and granted, like I said, I don't have the familiarity with the franchise that a lot of people have. But with the last two, 
there's a lot of different layers and a lot of secret shadow organizations and all these right. different twists and turns. And, you know, like Cavill's character turns against him in the last film. You know, he's really the bad guy after thinking that he's not the bad guy and all that stuff. This film doesn't have any of that. And I think that's to its credit. It's very, very right. simple. And this is literally just a chase film pretty much the entire way. All they're trying to do is just find this key and find out what it unlocks. And like, literally it, it sets up the plot from the very beginning and, all the way forward it's just dead honest like easy peasy like this is exactly what this is you know and and, and like i said i think i think that's really to its credit does that mean we're not going to get that stuff in part two i wouldn't necessarily go that far because it's mission impossible i think we have to expect something like that sure just as an audience but yeah i i i I like that this was just the simple and and the the thing about this that's crazy is this movie's so good this is just the setup for the payoff that's going to come I know. That's how crazy. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like across the Spider Verse. Like that whole movie's just the setup for the payoff that's going to come and beyond. It's insane, right. insane. Like that 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 the setup movies are that good and that they're building to something that good. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable filmmaking. It really, really is. I agree. And one thing I want to say before we wrap up is that I I hope movies like this. We talked about John Wick four already. Uh, you know, Top Gun Maverick last year, like these kinds of like summer blockbuster, big budget, kind of relying on their action set pieces to kind of carry them to success, Practical if you effects. will, at the box of us. Yeah. I hope that we start getting some, you know, notoriety and recognition for stunts, like at the Academy and right. other prominent awards. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Like I'm watching behind the scenes of this movie that we're talking about and like they had that train drive off the the head of the train drive off the cliff and that when the bridge blows the bridge out blew in the up, movie yeah. they had one chance to do that yeah. and they had a ton of cameras at different angles and they're like okay wreck the train <laughs> drive it off a cliff you know it'll blow up and that'll be what we put in the movie you know what i mean we'll edit it however we have to edit it and that'll be what, and that's a one take one shot deal and so many people just think about that, dude. I mean, have that had to make that happen and how successful it was when you see it on camera, whether you see it in IMAX or otherwise. I mean, it's, it looks phenomenal. I got to see it in a Dolby theater. I didn't see an IMAX. I can only imagine what it would be in IMAX. Same thing with him driving off the cliff and the bike or whatever. Did you, did yeah. you do an IMAX of this, by the way? No, no, I, I didn't oh, get okay. a chance to. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be few and far between, if ever, yeah. that I have the time to even, you know, because it's, it's, it's far a, away from it's you. It's going right? to double the length of the, any yeah. film for me because, yeah, it's, it's an hour drive away because, I mean, it's basically, it's, gee, it's five minutes from the airport I picked you up at for life. In Syracuse, right. It's, yeah. it's, right near the, it's right near the airport there. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's an hour hump up there just to watch the movie and then an hour back like i just i do not have that kind of free time (laughs) yeah like it's gonna have to be something super special and i'm gonna have to catch it like right in some window where i don't have a bunch of other stuff going on which is never the case (laughs) for sure for sure but my point being i just hope they start kind of taking notice of some of these guys and gals that are making these huge stunt pieces come to life and bringing you know millions of people to the theater to see them and yeah. I, I basically keeping cinema alive, you know what I mean? Like let's let's give them some notoriety and give them some awards. I mean, it's the least that they can do, I feel like. So yeah. uh, it's just amazing to see some of this stuff come to life on camera in movies like this, you know. Yeah, and I feel like I feel audiences are not tired of this kind of movie because it's all so well made, it's all so well done. They're not cramming the cinemas with three to four of these a year. You know, you're right. getting you're getting I mean, granted we like I said, we had John Wick four earlier this year, but 
do we have anything else that's going to play like this? Like that's going to be this nah. kind of I mean, Oppenheimer, but that's not the same type of movie. That's a biopic. That's not going to be like, you yeah, know. It's, it's just a biopic. It's not it's not the same type of movie as this. But I mean, that's going to be all very practical effects uh, driven and practically shot and everything like that as well. But, you know, I mean, like the superhero thing, like I know I rag on them a lot, but I, I really think audiences, especially general audiences, I just think they're tired of it. I just yeah. think it's it become an oversaturation thing, especially when you factor in all the TV shows and all the other media that they're constantly cramming into the superhero genre. I think studios have gotten in there and they've milked that cash cow pretty much dry. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens with more Marvel stuff as it comes. And then I guess we'll see what happens with DC whenever they reboot in 2025. But yeah, I just I, I I feel like audiences have just grown weary of it. But this when was Fallout 2019? Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't get these kind of movies all the time. And that's I think audiences are hungry for really great, really, really well made action blockbusters like this. I think audiences will line up in droves to see these kinds of movies over and over again because they're so special. They're so unique. And like I said, it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a love letter to movie making itself it's a love letter to cinema it's a love letter to all of these things and audiences can feel that passion and that love and that and that and that warmth that's coming off of the screen they really they really really can a lot of this superhero stuff it feels uh, all we know all the effects houses are dreadfully overworked for the cgi and all that kind of stuff so it's just like it's a it's a it's a soulless lifeless corporate product at this point i agree i agree it's sad i mean you know we were doing the programming for the show for the rest of the year and i was looking at the release schedule and i'm like thinking to myself do we really want to cover like blue beetle like i, no. I just i just don't know that i can i mean I, I you know i don't know maybe that'll be the movie that week when it comes around but i, I just i'm not excited about it anymore you know but then you have movies like mission impossible and you know the john wick films and you know the james bond films when they come around i mean they've done almost like 40 of those yeah. but we're not tired of it because you know they space them out appropriately they're not like you said oversaturating the fan base with james bond and they're always doing something new and inventive with each installment and i think that mission impossible dead reckoning did that too i mean that train yeah. sequence was unlike anything we'd ever seen it was literally like a 30 minute constant action sequence that did not stop for 30 consecutive minutes. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. And one, one car would fall and then they would be in this other car and th- all this other yeah. shit's happening. And, and I was worried that would get long in the tooth of, of one train tr- car being pulled down and then falling down and then they'd make their way out of it somehow. And then they'd get to the next one. And then that one would start falling over the edge of the bridge. It doesn't, it doesn't get long in the tooth though. The only part of that sequence that's dreadful. There's one part of that sequence. Do you know what it is? You know what I'm going to say? There's one part of that sequence that's just, no, it's no, no, no. It's just roll your eyes worthy when it happens in that sequence. But it wasn't the kitchen explosions and all that. No, no, no. It was before the, it was before the derailment. It was before the train derails. Oh, you mean in the movie in general that was in the movie in, in the tra- in the train in the whole train sequence and the whole train action set piece, like literally the whole train action. Set- there was one scene where I was just, but I let I let the movie have it because it gave me so much else that I really loved. Hmm, tell me what it's, it was. It's Deus Ex Tom Cruise flying in the window, knocking the dude off, like right when he's about to take <laughs> Haley Atwell's character down. Like all of a sudden, Cruise, there's no way they could have planned or predicted, like Cruise's character could yeah. have planned or predicted that. He just yeah. crashes into the train, like at that exact moment, like yeah. that pure happenstance. He does. It's th- that's Hollywood. Like, you gotta give the movie one or two of those. Like, you gotta let it have it. It's but it is one of those movies, it is it's one of those moments where and the same thing happens, like the wind catches his parachute, then he gets pulled into the other guy. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, listen, listen, 
George Lucas tried to make a whole movie out of that in 1999 with uh, with the Phantom Menace with Jar Jar like taking out <laughs> battle droids. All right, like just random occurrences oh, just man. happening. Like and he's surviving by the seat of his pants. But like I said, in this kind of movie, that's the only time it does it. The rest of it's so brilliantly executed. You can have it, Christopher McQuarrie. You can have it, Tom Cruise. Go ahead, go ahead. You well, can have that one. Well, I think it's safe to say we both recommend Mission oh, Impossible. Yeah. Oh, my God. See this on the biggest screen you possibly can, which isn't going to be IMAX because Oppenheimer's sealing them all. So you're not going to be able to see that. Except the one in your town, apparently. But yeah. (sighs) Yeah. uh, Just uh, quick final thoughts before we get over to the fan feedback. You know, for me, uh, this movie did pleasantly surprise me, but I think it's because I just kind of let my I let the part one in the title kind of get to me like, oh, shit. Here we go. They're going to be sitting at tables trying to figure out plans and we're not going to have you know, a couple action sequences. and That'll be it. But it was like nonstop with the exception of like that initial setup. And then after that, it was just like nonstop. And especially once you get to the car chase and the train sequence and you mentioned the alleyway and, uh, you know, the women in this movie were like far and away one of the most amazing group of like action women I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, for sure. Rebecca Ferguson was already part of this crew and she's back. Haley Atwell was a great addition. Palm Clementif was a standout for both of us. Vanessa Kirby, although underused, I thought she was an awesome part of that kind of like female rogues gallery as well. So yeah. I, I loved it. I loved it. I love Tom, what Tom Cruise does in these movies. You know, going back, to, going back to Maverick last year. And then he did it again here this year with mission impossible. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, Every time you're like, one of these is going to fail and they don't, you know, he just keeps doing what he does and he really has a commitment to cinema to the success of the movies. And he's not only doing it, but you can tell he's like a fan of it and he really wants film to succeed and he puts his all into it. So yeah, it is a high recommend for me. And uh, I did love, I did love John Wick four, but for me, this is the best action movie of the year so far. There you I'd go. I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah. Dead Reckoning. Uh, Nick, final thoughts, and then we'll get over to the fan feedback. Go see it. Biggest screen you possibly can. There you go. Nick, keeping it short and sweet as always. So we're going to head over to the comments section, Nick, and I have a question picked out from the fan feedback. Guys, thank you so much for throwing us your question this week about Mission Impossible or Tom Cruise or whatever you wanted to ask us. Nick, do you have it pulled up there? Do you have your question, or do you want me to go first? You go first, buddy. So Julio's got a couple here. And I'm going to do both. I'm going to do two of them that he asked us because one of them is going to be kind of quick and then I'll ask for your take. But let me ask the real one first. So Julio, thank you so much. He says, do you think this should be Cruz's swan song and he should pass the torch to a new agent? So we were talking about James Bond earlier, which, of course, that's been around since I think the 60s, right? I believe. Yeah, a long time. So obviously they kind of have to, <laughs> so I mean, actors start aging and dying and whatever. So you kind of have to, if you're continuing the franchise, I don't think we're there yet though with Cruz. Like I still believe Cruz in this role. Like I never doubted for a second, anything this crazy fucker was doing in this movie. Like yep. I was bought in, I was sold. Obviously we're going to get part two with him of dead reckoning. Mm-hmm. Now he's 61 years old. You know, like the Harrison Ford thing kind of bothered me a little bit in Indy because I'm like, the dude's 80. Like, he's not doing this anymore. Like, just go home, watch the game, get, you know, get a beer and sit on the couch. Like, you don't need to do this anymore. You know what I mean? Like, retire. I love Harrison Ford, but like, 
it's just not as believable to me. You know what I mean? But right now, I still believe it for Cruz, so I'm not really ready for him to pass the torch quite yet. Maybe five or ten years from now, it might be a different story. Nick, what do you think? The thing you got to remember, too, is is Tita the Sea still doing these stunts. Like, he's still putting himself in these situations. I mean, it's like it's like Keanu Reeves and John Wick. Like, Keanu Reeves is up there, too, but he's still putting in the work he's still putting in all the effort to make like all those action scenes like really really believable now there will come a a point when it's robert de niro and the irishman like swinging his arms around like a t-rex like (laughs) curb stomping a dude like it'll eventually get to that point but yeah no i agree i agree with you i think i think maybe i mean no i don't think it'll happen in part two because we haven't we would need to establish that character in part one if that was going to be a thing and i don't think we've gotten that far yet so yeah maybe part eight could be like the true passing of the torch to a new agent if they want this franchise to continue i don't know why they wouldn't it is insanely lucrative so yeah. i don't know why they wouldn't but yeah no i i still buy Cruz in this role i still believe Cruz Cruz in this role but yeah i i do wonder if he'd really really be willing to go for it one more time because how do you top this? I mean, we haven't seen part two yet, but how do you top this? But I also wondered how they were going to top Fallout, too. I know. I know. They just keep doing it, man. It's crazy. So uh, he also says to rank the MI queens. So there's really four of them in this movie. Here we go. Uh, number four, Vanessa Kirby. I love her, but she was underused. Number three, Rebecca Ferguson. I love her. She's an OG, but her fate. I didn't like her fate in this movie. Haley Atwell, come on, man. She's an absolute Are we queen. ranking them just based on their usage in this movie, or are we just ranking them to rank them? Uh, well, now, that's a different ranking. I'm ranking them in the film. Mm. And then my number okay. one movie, Palm Clemente. But I, I guess we can do... I don't I know. Can... I don't know. I don't know, Julio. I, I don't think Gerald's really answering in the spirit of the question. I don't know. All right, well... But Julio didn't point it out, though. That does change my ranking, though. You're just ranking the queens. You're not. You're not taking into account. Oh, they didn't use Vanessa Kirby enough in the film. That doesn't matter. All right. Well, here we go then. Number one is Haley Atwell. Number two is Vanessa Kirby. Number three is Palm Clementine, and number four is Rebecca Ferguson. That's my ranking of just them as women, as action women. Man, this is a tough one. I think you got to do Palm. I don't Clementine think we'll get canceled for this. By the way, this I think you got to no- do Palm Clementine F number one. I think oh, I got to give it to Rebecca Ferguson number two, Haley Atwell number three, Vanessa Kirby number four. That's mine. Oh. Man, man, you're my girl Vanessa is hurt right now if she's listening to this. I'm sorry, <laughs> Vanessa. I love you. Uh, what was your one uh, question from the fans you wanted to throw oh, out there, Nicholas? Oh my, my goodness. Uh, so Paul, our good friend Paul from the Countdown, we've talked about Wayne uh, mentioning T to the C a number of times. Uh, I'm yes. going to dismiss his question about will the fabric of space time hold up if I maintain watching a film a week at the theater. Uh, I'm going to ignore that one, Paul. <laughs> oh, man. And Great his life. question was quite simple. Does the film earn its runtime? I think that's a resounding yes. I think, yes, this is entirely all set up for a part two. But like I said, go back to that one word that I said about this film. The one word, relentless. This film doesn't let up. And I mean, could you maybe snip a snip a couple seconds out here, a couple seconds out there? I know you and I know Paul and I know there's a lot of people that are dreadfully against movies going over like 100 minutes. But I love longer movies. I, I say give me more of it because you can pace you can pace a great movie like this two hours and 40 minutes to make it feel like it's less than two. And that's this movie. This movie just does not let up for me. I couldn't believe it was over when it was over. I was like, no way that was two forty by the time it was yep. over. Yeah. So I no, say yes. Uh, 
and you know, Lloyd Sauce and other people are giving me shit about this because my my thinking is off. But when I see the runtime of a movie, it will fuck me up going into the movie, and I'll be like, "This is too long. I'm I'm going into this. I shouldn't have to be here for three hours or whatever." This movie, or I should say, when a movie kind of like proves me wrong, then I know I'm going to give it a high score, and I know I'm going to love it. And that's what happened here, Paul. Like this is a two hour 40 movie, but it felt like maybe two, like it just went really quickly. Um, I don't I mean, know. The they last... haven't done a review of this yet. Yeah. Right. They haven't, they haven't released their review no. of this yet. I don't think so. I don't yeah, know if I'm, I'm done eager it, to but see... it hasn't been released yet. But yeah. I'm eager to see, I'm eager to see where they land on this. I mean, we know Wayne, we, <laughs> Wayne's, Wayne's going to be fine. Although he's, yeah, although he's a big Rebecca Ferguson fan, he might be hurt. No, that was he a might bummer. be hurt by that too, but yeah, I'm hurt by it as well. I'm eager to but... see what they, I'm eager to see what they thought of it. Cause I love those guys. Yeah, but in short, it definitely earns its runtime. I mean, it 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 goes out of its way to keep you invested in what's going on. You never have a chance to lose interest or lose focus in what's going on. It's very well paced. And, and think about uh, the stakes too. Great. Like just to, just to kind of outline that too, in terms of earning its runtime, think about the stakes of what this weapon means, what this entity means. Every government, every shadow organization, every everybody is trying to get their hands on this thing. The film throws as many things at you as it does, and it throws as many things at Ethan as it does, because it wants you to understand the threat that this thing possesses if it falls into the wrong hands. And I really think the film sells that hook, line, and sinker. I really, yeah. really firmly believe that the film sells that perfectly. So that's, I, I think that's why you need that runtime because you can't just have it be like, oh, here's a couple people here and here's a couple people there and and whatever. Like, if you want to sell me, this is like a world-altering doomsday device-ish kind of thing or or savior if it's utilized correctly or in Ethan's case, he just wants to destroy it. I think... If you sell that thing as the potential threat that it potentially could be, you know, I, I I think that that's I think that that's really great. Let me ask you a question, G, before we wrap here, because uh, I I didn't even think we got to it in the review. But what do you think of it? It's not a downbeat ending. It's not a downer ending. Uh, they have the key and they know what it unlocks at the end of this, like our heroes do. It like we're not on like an Empire Strikes Back thing, like everything ends on a down note kind of thing here. Like T to the C has the key. I did not mean to rhyme that. I'm sorry. But, you know, we have the key. We know it unlocks the Sevastopol. And now it's going to be that race to find the wreckage of the Sevastopol, because obviously we know it's sitting in like the Baltic uh, Sea. Mm -hmm. So what did you think of that ending? Like, what did you think of what did you think of it not being a downer ending? Uh, I mean, I like the ending. I mean, a short answer for you. I didn't dislike the ending at all. Like it left me wanting more for sure, but I could also sense like, Oh, they're kind of somewhat wrapping this up. It's probably about to end. And it did. But I think kind of to your point that you made earlier with the ending of this movie, what it does is it just kind of lingers that question in your head. Like, what are they going to do? Like, yeah. And I think that's good. I don't think it should be super predictable. Like, Oh, now they're going to go down to the ocean. There's going to be a lot of underwater sequences. I mean, maybe there will be, I don't, you know, who knows? But there's got to be the sub is on the bottom of the sea. There's got to yeah. be underwater sequences here somewhere. There's going to be some sick. I mean, think yeah. of what these guys, what crews and these guys are going to try to do underwater with this. They're 
going to call James Cameron and ask him for some advice. Probably, who knows? Uh, <laughs> These guys are crazy. Don't call. Don't call. What, what's the What's the submersible company's name? Don't call them. To, oh God! Don't call them to no, get some please. to get some help getting down there. But yeah, <laughs> please don't. Good no, God. I, I had no problems with the ending. Did you? Was that why you were asking? No, 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 no. I, I, I just, okay. I just, I was just curious because I, I really, really yeah. loved it, and it that was a bit unexpected for me because I expected knowing this was a part one, I expected our heroes to kind of be back on their heels a little bit and still yeah. like way behind. And the it, the film almost hooks you into that ending. It almost sells you that, and then we find out that Ethan stole the key from Gabriel during that final confrontation. That's great filmmaking. That is, yeah. that is checking against audience expectations right there and i love yeah, that moment so much gabriel's gabriel's in the truck and he's just yeah. all deflate, deflated yeah. you know so good that is it yeah, that scream good. he's like ethan i love that dude that was so good so good that was good that was yep. it's a great it's a great rivalry and, a, and i'm looking forward to seeing more of it Can't in wait. part two did they announce the year on part two yet no idea i don't think I don't think I haven't did. I haven't found out anything about it. I'm sure it's out there. I just don't I don't listen. I don't really I don't pay attention to any of that kind of stuff anymore. I really used to, but I'm liking more like I kind of disassociated myself from cinema for a while. And mm. I don't really pay attention to the news the way that I used to. Like when I was yeah. on EFG, like we talked about the news all the time. It was such a big thing. I don't pay attention anymore. I want to be surprised by this stuff when it happens, you know? Yeah, we don't have to. I'm just curious because I don't I don't think they've announced when yeah. what year. I mean, I'll see trailers and stuff for it whenever they come out and I'm I'm yeah. I'll be I'll be day one in the cinema like I was for this one to see it. I can't wait, but yeah. Well, speaking of day one of the cinema, that's it for this week on two peas. Uh Ooh. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part One and eight point five cumulatively from the peas here. So a high Ooh. recommend from us. Next week, we will be reviewing Greta Gerwig's Barbie on the show. Man, I did my top 10 most anticipated at the the top of the year. I don't know if you saw that for 2023, Nick, but number two for me was Barbie. It is Greta Gerwig. This is not, we're not, we're not, we're not pretending here. This is not us doing whatever. This is Greta Gerwig directing Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Yes. I'm so excited to see what they do with a Barbie movie. Like, because it's like, I mean, think about like, it's like thinking about like, ooh, David Fincher's making a Facebook movie. What? And exactly. then it's just, it turns out to be the social network, you know. So I'm yeah. I'm ready. I'm invested. I'm I'm ready to fall in love with it. I I can't wait. I mean, too. reviews are yeah. really positive too. So I'm I'm really really yeah. I've been excited. staying away from a lot of it. I muted it on Twitter because people are starting to see it, you know, and I can't see it for another oh, week yeah, or yeah. so. So I'm just like, oh, hang on, guys. But I am excited to see it. I'm also seeing Oppenheimer this week. But next week we'll be covering Barbie. Nick, I'm looking forward to it. Or do you have any kind of like Barbie dolls you could bring with you to the review next week for the I should. I really I camera really, really should. You know what we should do? We should have like Barbie sitting in front of the mics. I've got we'll my Uncle talk. Rico, my Uncle Rico pop figure here. There you go. We'll this is. That. I mean, I guess this is probably. Yeah. I this have. is probably good. Or actually, wait here. All mine are horror. Parks, I Parks and do. Rec fans. I have little Sebastian. I could do. Uh, I could do Marcel the shell. I love that this has devolved into just us showing our toys now is that what our show has become three episodes into the new keys and we're just showing our toys on camera now all right guys barbie next week go see mission impossible dead reckoning while it's in cinemas it is stellar if you love action movies unbelievable Nick, nick i love you man bring your barbie doll next week and we'll talk about barbie yeah everybody take good care of yourselves uh have an absolutely amazing week and uh just remember i believe in you i believe in you and i believe in them I don't know what that means, but (laughs) see.
We'll see you next week, man. I believe I could throw a football over the mountains. That's what I believe, baby. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs>